Hello everyone, and welcome to Paranormalize, where our goal is to normalize the concept that life goes on after death. This is our weekly podcast facilitated by local tour agency Haunted Cincinnati, where we share personal experiences, explain the science behind ghost hunting, and attempt to answer questions about the unknown. I'm your co-host Alex. I'm Alicia. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Paranormalize. Okay, first things first, we would just like to take a moment to thank all of our loyal listeners for bearing with us this past month. Obviously, things have been on a bit of a hiatus, and while we have all agreed not to point any fingers, it is entirely my fault. But we're back, new recording area, and we're excited to continue our journey into the world of paranormal with you all. Our original plan was to re-rank some of the popular U.S. most haunted lists, but that was over a month ago, and we have decided this this topic will be covered in next week's episode instead. This week, we will instead be discussing common myths and stereotypes of the paranormal. While there is still much within the paranormal realm that is unknown, movies, television, and time have conjured many beliefs about ghosts, spirits, and hauntings that often skew people's perceptions on what is going on around them. We thought now would be a good time to clear the air. So, we have accumulated a list of what we believe to be some of the most common tropes and misconceptions about the paranormal directly influenced by the media's presentation. We're going to go through this list one at a time, and don't you worry, we won't be holding back on our true feelings about these misconceptions during this episode. So, with that, we're going to get started. Number one. People have proved that ghosts are real. What people? I want to meet them. Is this paper available on JSTOR? That is my favorite website. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) If you are a history major, you'd understand. Yeah, I'm going to get some JSTOR swag when they open that back up again. Same. But anyway, while there is a great amount of research into the paranormal, there is unfortunately no definitive proof that ghosts exist. At least not proof that would be satisfactory to the masses. The field of paranormal research that has garnered the most evidence and quote-unquote proof is that of residual hauntings, and unfortunately residual hauntings are not what most people would consider to be ghosts, but rather significant energy that occurred so frequently or so strong that it got stuck in a loop, like a residual stain on time. That being said, the three of us have seen, heard, and experienced enough things in our time that we considered ourselves to have undeniable proof of the fact that ghosts are real. But people will always tend to believe what they want to believe, and regardless of proof or the lack thereof, but the subject is too political for this podcast. So, moving on. Yes, indeed. Moving on very rapidly. Uh, Number two. Ghosts only come out at night. So do pale people. Maybe you're just seeing pale people. I do tend to enjoy a nightly stroll. I am awake until 4am on most nights, so that makes me a ghost too. Probably. (laughs) But... In reality, it's just quieter at night. For professionals, it means that there's less people around, so less possible reasoning for fake evidence. Uh, Some stuff shows up better on equipment at night. For amateurs who are just seeking a thrill, it rests largely in the fact that people equate the darkness with spookiness. So if it's nighttime, you're more likely to encounter the excitement you're searching for. If you want to get scientific, some researchers say that ghosts can be storing up energy during the day that they pull from lights and other electronics. Uh, Then they expel it at night when the lights are off. So that could be another reason that things tend to happen more at night. That's really interesting. I've actually never heard that. 
I'm not saying anything like that's <laughs> absolutely not true. It's just uh, that is genuinely interesting to me. I haven't heard it. I mean, I guess it makes sense because it, I, like people consider ghosts to be energy. So. Yeah, and like with they're famous for draining batteries and things so like that. Exactly equipment what never I think working. It's from is like they go in there and it like drains batteries. I could definitely see it. Makes lights. Flicker. It's a plausible theory for sure. Number three, only old buildings are haunted. First off, that's ageist. I strongly disagree just because my mom's house is only 50 years old. Uh, While structures and objects can indeed be the source of a haunting due to a strong attachment from a spirit, this does not need to be the case. Hauntings can occur in brand new buildings just as often as they would occur in the oldest buildings in the world. It makes no difference. Hauntings usually have to do more with repeated events for residual hauntings or intense events that occurred in a place. There's a radio station in Cincinnati, WVXU, that's a relatively new building. I don't know exactly how new, but, like, probably the 70s or 80s, I would say. Sounds about right. At the oldest, I would say. Yeah. And um, it's built on the same land that Ohio's first public hospital was built. And that place was full, full of intense or traumatic events. It held, and I don't like the connotations with this word, but that's what they were called, an insane asylum on the top floor where they treated these so-called insane people with many violent treatments. Downstairs, they had cholera patients, but they frequently died regardless of treatment. Because of those events, the new building has a lot of activity. And real quick, I'm going to interrupt you, just a little self-plug here. If you'd like to hear those haunting stories and learn more about the first public hospital and this uh, radio station in Cincinnati... Haunted Cincinnati Tours, Buried Secret Tours. Come see us. All right. <laughs> well, <Continue. laughs> and like I said before, my mom's house is only about 50 years old. And we actually did a mini investigation there on behalf of my sister. That was fun. And yeah, it was. <laughs> we got two different voices on three EVPs. And one of which specifically said my 10-month-old nephew's name. I think there was only one other owner before we moved in, and they did not die there, so it's definitely not connected to the age of the house. Uh, one good explanation is that some people think it takes time after a death for a haunting to take place, and old buildings have lots of time. I don't think there's any truth in that, though. Really? I, I don't think you need time for a haunting. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I could go either way. Yeah. We've experienced in our travels and places more recent hauntings, which I think we'll talk about later a little bit more, but moving on. Yes, moving on. Number four, only buildings can be haunted. This one makes me smile because it's absurd. That's constructionists? My nephew, who cannot talk, begs to defer. (laughs) Okay, but like, no. Hauntings can occur literally anywhere. It's just significantly, and I mean significantly, easier to investigate in closed locations than it is to search for evidence in wide open fields filled with bugs. One of the most haunted locations in America isn't a building, but rather a giant field located in, like, a little unheard of town. Like, maybe you have heard of it. It's called, you know, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, one of the most haunted locations in the world because, you know, yeah, I hope you know anyways. There are countless examples of things like this, like haunted cemeteries. I cannot talk. Haunted cemeteries, battlefields, and even whole forests. The most popular one, tragically, being the suicide forest in Japan. Now, number five. Fascination began with the paranormal with Ghost Hunters, the TV show. 
have you heard of witches and vampires? I'm just saying, like, that that's paranormal. That's been around for a very, very long time. If you want to go old, old, Pliny the Younger talks about ghosts in one of his histories, and he's, like, a Roman author. Okay, yeah, that's old, old. And if you want to talk about ghost hunting specifically, there are reports of that going back as far as the 18th century, which for those of you who are weird like me and don't talk in century talk, that's the 1700s. Just, I got you. (laughs) But the Society for Psychical Research, which is founded in the UK in 1882, um, is the foundation for all international branches of psychical research around the world, um, including the American branch, which was formed in 1885. So it's clearly been around for centuries. You know, they would send out investigators to find details on any haunting that was reported to them. And I think that it's way more accurate to say that people using the paranormal for an adrenaline rush is what began with shows like Ghost Hunters. Before that, investigators were much more scientific. I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I wish more people would be a little more scientific. Yes, let's reform the Society of Psychical Research. Is it still? It's still going. It's It's still going. It's still kicking. Is the American branch still kicking? Yeah. I love that. Can we get memberships? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> I'll, I'll look into it later, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Number six, ectoplasm. Yeah, I'm not wasting my energy talking about this. Slimer. I will totally discuss this. So there's two different sides to the ectoplasm story. There's the green crap from Ghostbusters, which, yes, Slimer. Definitely not real. And then there's... How do you know? and then there's the weird gauze-like stuff that oozes out of mediums that has been captured in photographs for over a century it's very easy to fake most were debunked in the early 20th century and they could barely do anything back then and they were still debunked (laughs) the society for psychical research debunked dozens of mediums who were doing crap like this like slate writing, table turning, and spirit photography. The most notable being Helen Duncan. She released photo after photo of supposed ectoplasm, and people believed her until Harry Price was able to debunk every single one. And looking back on these photos today, I have no words. This woman literally swallowed a piece of cheesecloth with a latex glove at the end, threw it back up while someone took a picture, and had people believing it was the arm of a ghost. Even though you can clearly tell it's a glove, people. For anyone curious, I will post the picture on our Instagram so y'all can see this, like, obscenity. So, yeah, check that out. Anyways, number seven. (laughs) Number seven is saying 666 will invite the devil into your life. My lawyer has advised me not to give an answer to this. I mean, my main problem with this is there are plenty of religions that have zero concept of the devil. Okay, uh, we don't want to focus too heavily on religion because people believe what they want to believe in, as we stated earlier, and that's all well and good, but in regards to saying 666 will invite the devil, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Moving on. No. Number eight. All ghosts are wearing Victorian or dirty white dresses. Even the men? 
No, the men all wear top hats. Ah. Or funny suits like Colonel Sanders. Well, while it's a common trope in the paranormal community to hear about a location's lady in white, it doesn't mean that that's the only thing that they wear. Long Victorian-style dresses were in style for a very, very long time, so it makes complete logical sense that most female spirits encountered would rock this kind of outfit. I've heard lots of jokes about how all hauntings are always done by people from the 1800s rather than the people from the 2000s, and let me just say, uh, yeah, duh. Look at how many dead people there are from the entirety of the 1800s compared to how many people have died in the 2000s. I have no doubt that there are hauntings caused by traumatic events, and we have personally encountered some link to events in the late 90s and the early 2000s, but it only makes sense there would be so far more hauntings influenced by older generations than the current. Number nine, during investigations, activity is intense and happens consistently and constantly. Oi. Y'all watch too much TV, I swear. TV is always fake, even when it's real. I, I always tell people that ghost hunting is often like watching paint dry. Sometimes nothing will happen for the entire night, and that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. It's something you have to accept. Occasionally, we will have those exciting times where things are super active and occurring all night long, just back to back, but I cannot stress enough that this is extremely rare. Unfortunately, there are certain... TV shows that paint activity as a surefire and constant thing, whether through intentionally staging evidence or compiling footage and evidence of a week-long investigation and presenting it as if everything happened in one night. Due to not wanting to get sued here, I will not be naming these shows, but I will say his name rhymes with back zaggins. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, number 10. All African-American ghosts are former slaves. This bothers me to no end. Like, we need to be real for a second. Like, are we really going to be racist about ghosts right now? Where are we getting these myths? Do people actually believe in this horse crap? Yes. So I had an issue recently with a friend. And, uh, let me get into this. So many people tie the reasoning behind a haunting to a traumatic event that occurred to that person that caused their life to end. And while slavery is definitely a justifiable cause for a haunting, it is not the only terrible thing to have ever happened to people of color. I have been listening to stories, like I said, from these friends where they will say to me that while they were investigating, they think they saw an African-American woman in a white dress, and immediately they started talking about how it was probably a slave. A slave, you say? In northern Michigan where you live? In an area that has no history of slavery on the premises? I'm gonna say no. It doesn't matter what type of location you're at or what sort of entity you see, you need to do research before you assign an entire tragic backstory to an entity. Please, and thank you. Concluded of rant. A round of applause. <laughs> it's frustrating. Justifiable anger, though. Yes. It is. Number 11. My ghosts say boo. I, I think that's kind of rude to simplify an entire ghost vocabulary to a single word, but... I'm pretty sure that in Japanese they say k -k 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 instead of boo. Is that why they do that in the Pokemon games? <laughs> what? They do. In the original Pokemon games in Lavender, in Lavender Town, in the Haunted Tower. The Haunters say k -k 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 -k. Well, before you imagine, they... We're not going to talk about Pokemon. Continue. 
Well, if this were the case, that would mean that ghosts are trying to scare you on purpose. And now, while I won't speak for ghosts, and maybe you deserve to get scared by grandma because you threw away her antique chair, but for the most part, ghosts are not trying to scare you. I would guess that they have much better things to do. In most instances, the intelligent spirit of a person is doing some of the same things that they did when they were alive. The spirit of an alcoholic haunting a bar will be seen drinking, a maestro will be composing, a child playing, etc., etc., while a ghost is capable of saying boo or they probably have far more important things on their mind. Number 12. The best places to investigate are the places you need to trespass to reach. Uh, no comment? I think you have many comments. Agreed. Alright. In my youth, I made less than smart decisions and trespassed in some to some abandoned places to get my ghost hunting fix, and I will tell you from personal experience, none of them were worth it. Unless you get lucky enough to find a friend or family member with legal, legal access to a legitimately haunted place and active location... The best places to investigate are going to be be the ones that you have to pay for. Now, if you scuff at that, let me explain to you why in most cases this is true. If a place is charging you to investigate, that means that they must have at least some sort of reputation and have to have a good enough one to validate making you pay the price to be there. And the majority of the time, a large amount of the profit these places make go directly back into the upkeep and renovations of the buildings. So it's really a positive thing to pay for these investigations because it allows for the location to continue to offer them and keeps this history alive. Now, this isn't always true, of course, and you should always do your research into places before booking anything, as is with all factoids of life. Always do your research before spending money online because there could be scams or there could be places overcharging for less than meaningful activity. Yeah. Yeah. So, number 13. Ghosts are evil. Alright, I'm really starting to think whoever came up with these has had their heart broken by a ghost. (laughs) Probably. I'd love to hear that story. Uh, But, no ghost is inherently evil. There are positive and negative spirits in all aspects of things, but no ghost can be defined as evil. Christianity associates all ghosts with demons, which is where the connotation that ghosts must be evil comes from. Demons are evil. Demons are not ghosts. Ghosts are not demons. Elegantly put. Thank you. You're welcome. Number 14. Believing in the paranormal is a religious thing. Well, I'll stop you right there because Alex is agnostic, so that can't be true. Next. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school and all that jazz. I don't really believe in that type of stuff. I think that aside from demons and angels, most things paranormal have a greater chance of being backed by science than religion. So yeah, this is just nonsense. However, there is a religious connotation. There's a reason demons can be exercised by a priest and a prayer is supposed to keep you safe from malicious entities. There are similar protective measures from other religions aside of Christianity, but not all religions or cultures have the same concept of ghosts or even a concept of ghosts at all. I'd say overall it's less religious and more scientific and cultural. Uh, The religious aspect has very little effect on that dude who died on your porch 50 years ago. That's... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And number 15, for all the skeptics out there, what you can't see can't hurt you. Y'all really out here just forgetting about blind people, huh? (laughs) Do they just not exist to you? In other words, yes. 
What you cannot see can hurt you. People can be pushed, scratched, get headaches, be possessed. Most of these are big ouchies. Can't confirm. Have been pushed, scratched, get headaches, things of that nature. Can't say I've been possessed. Don't really want to check that one off the list. And with that, we are done with today's episode. Like I said earlier, we have our Instagram, at Paranormalized Podcast, where you can see updates on new episodes and interesting paranormal factoids. Like Helen Duncan. <laughs> like Helen Duncan. You might not find them interesting, but we certainly do. And just another reminder that we have an email, paranormalizedpodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us any paranormal pictures, stories and life experiences, or questions you may have. We'd love to talk with listeners and maybe even share your experiences on the podcast with your permission. Now join us next time on Paranormalized when we'll actually be re-ranking America's most haunted locations. Stay haunted, Cincinnati.